You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. The cost of mental health services for children and adolescents has increased in recent years. Telehealth services have helped fill the need. With this story, here's InfoTrack reporter Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Mariah Kalman, the study's lead author and a policy researcher at RAND, a nonprofit research organization. Dr. Kalman, what were you seeking to learn in this study? We wanted to understand how telehealth and in-person treatment for children with mental health conditions changed with COVID and the increase in telehealth that we knew that happened as a result of COVID. And we wanted to look to see how utilization and spending for children with mental health conditions changed over time once we saw COVID. And then even after the immediate impact of COVID on the healthcare system subsided, we wanted to see how those changes persisted over time. You found some pretty big changes. So tell us about the highlights of your study. Before COVID, basically telehealth for children with mental health conditions really wasn't there. It was almost non-existent. Families and children did not utilize telehealth for their treatment of their mental health conditions. And we're talking about children with the most common mental health conditions like ADHD, anxiety disorders, adjustment disorder, et cetera. And after COVID, we see basically an explosion in the use of telehealth for these children with these mental health conditions. It rose over 3,000% in the immediate aftermath of COVID in the first about seven months after the initial national shutdown. And then after that, in sort of what we're calling a post-COVID period, the utilization and spending for telehealth continued. It subsided a little bit. The immediate surge was a little bit tempered but it persisted over time until August 2022, which is when our data collection ended. In that same time period, we also saw overall increases in utilization and spending for children with mental health conditions for telehealth and in-person visits combined. And at the end of our observation period, we see about a 20 to 25% increase in overall utilization and spending. I realize your study didn't cover this, but what do you see were the driving forces behind these increases? Well, we hypothesize it's probably a variety of things. One thing is that the shutdown, the national shutdown because of COVID caused kids to be home from school, which is where a lot of kids get their treatment for mental health conditions. So traditionally, schools provide a lot of those treatment services. Since kids couldn't access those services at schools, they had to turn to a a different service delivery. And since, you know, in-person engagement wasn't available, at least in the immediate COVID aftermath, telehealth was the modality that students and kids could access. So that was one of the reasons. We know that the effect of COVID and the shutdowns on children in particular was pretty profound. We know that more kids were diagnosed with mental health conditions and kids with existing mental health conditions faced exacerbations with stress, anxiety. So I think all of those factors sort of have contributed to what we're seeing. You mentioned some of the more common mental health diagnoses among children and adolescents. Maybe you can maybe expand on that. And then did you find any differences in terms of age, gender, region, that sort of thing? Right. So we looked at the five most common diagnoses 
ADHD, anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, adjustment disorder, and conduct disorder. Those were the five most common that we had access to. They were largely consistent over time, and they were largely consistent with each other. So we did not really see any differences in how treatment for one of those diagnoses differed than the other. The figures that are published in the paper really highlight how the changes that you see between each diagnosis really are parallel in the sense that as one increases, the other increases. So telehealth didn't really differ for any of the diagnoses, like profoundly for any of the diagnoses. Um, There are some subtle changes that our regression models did pick up, but they're largely consistent over time. It was obviously a necessity during the lockdowns, but what are the pluses and minuses of telehealth care for mental health, especially for young people? I think there are some definite advantages. It gives access to some patients who may not have good enough access otherwise. So maybe they need supplemental care to what they're getting from their school services. Obviously, for patients and for populations who are in rural areas, telehealth definitely you know, expands access. I don't think anyone would argue that telehealth is a replacement for in-person care. I definitely think it's a supplement. Obviously, it depends on the patient. It depends on the age of the patient. It might not be appropriate for all patient populations. I think telehealth is definitely here to stay. I think you'll hear that argument not just for mental health care, but for other sectors of health care, for adults as well. What we're finding is that Healthcare quality for telehealth seems, even though there haven't been that many studies that have looked at that, but the studies that have have seemed to demonstrate that the quality of care for patients who get telehealth is similar to the same quality that they get via in-person care. Did you detect any trends or changes in that period when COVID vaccines became available and were widely in use? We did see that once the COVID vaccine came into you know more wide use, that telehealth access did subside and more people reverted back to in-person care. Now, it didn't go away by any means, but the surge in telehealth started to temper, sort of level off. But at that same time, what we also see is a continuous rise in overall utilization. So some patients return to their in-person visits or their regular sort of in-person utilization patterns, but then utilization and spending continued to increase even after vaccines became available. So that tells us is that people continue to access the system. They still need a treatment for mental health and maybe the return to in-person availability allowed them to get even more treatment. I'm going to ask you to speculate a bit here. Do you foresee these big jumps in overall mental health costs for kids as something that's here to stay and perhaps continuing to grow? Or do you think things will gradually go back to more of the historic norm? That's a really tough question to answer. We're seeing a lot of studies come out recently that tell us that more and more patients are being diagnosed, more and more children are being diagnosed with these types of common mental health conditions. So part of it is that more children are utilizing the system, more families are utilizing the system. It's becoming more normal to seek out a diagnosis and treatment for mental health, which is a good thing. 
Whether or not it will continue at the same trajectory, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure we, anyone would be able to tell that. Obviously, you know, events in the world that are going on right now can confound these trends. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see as we analyze more data and look onward from when our data ended in August of 2022 to see what the more recent trends are. And finally, do you have any advice for parents in terms of recognizing when to seek help for their child? So I'm not a clinician. I am an epidemiologist by training and a policy researcher at RAND currently. So I would say that parents have to rely on their pediatricians and their primary care providers to understand what should trigger assessments and treatment for mental health conditions. But I think parents are obviously utilizing the system as we've shown and definitely did that during COVID and continue to do that. Mariah Kalman, policy researcher at RAND. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.